Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about the live stream 633 event, the daily devotional, and the podcast when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael and part two of his message called Repentance and Restoration. And when people brought the question to Jesus about the problem of evil, some contemporary events that happened in his day, they, they asked Jesus about this, and Jesus didn't even answer the why question. And that's what we often want to know. We want to know why these things happen. We want to know, did God cause it? Is God allowing it? If he's caused it or allowed it, why? That's where we tend to kind of sit. We dwell on the why when things personally are going wrong. We say, why is this happening? Or what did I do to deserve this? But is it possible, and this is in my notes, that when we get a fresh look at God in the midst of a trial, we find that we've been asking all the wrong questions. See, maybe, just maybe, brethren, those of you who may be considering the Christian faith, Maybe our trials in a unique way get us to look at life and questions differently. See, what we tend to focus on is our world and the things that are happening to us, but our trials widen our scope. They often give us a new, fresh look at God. Maybe they help us to realize who God actually is, that yes, God is love, but God is also holy. In Isaiah 6, when the angels are praising God day and night, they sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Before Job officially repents and God restores him in chapter 42, God is going to bring to Job's attention two great monstrous creatures. God has moved through the inanimate world of the sun and the stars and the lightning and the storm and the rain and the snow. He's moved into some animate creatures in the wild uh, kingdom, and we've looked at some of those. And now he's going to talk about two creatures that you may have heard about before. They're called Behemoth and Leviathan. Now tonight we will end with Behemoth at the end of this sermon, and we'll look into Leviathan in our next message. What are these creatures? There's been debate if you read commentaries on the book of Job, if you listen to those who comment on Scripture or maybe even have a scientific background, different views on behemoth and Leviathan. But I will tell you this, these two great monstrous and maybe even mysterious creatures represent something like this. They represent dark strength and incredible untamed power. The Lord is the greatest power of all, represented in the storm and the whirlwind. But these two great creatures may well represent evil and that which is untamable in the world. And this is where Job has been struggling personally, and you may be as well. The things that are out there, the things that lurk in the darkness, uh, the virus has been called, this coronavirus has been called this unseen enemy. It's like You know, we're all trying to go extra measures and we should to to protect ourselves and our health, but it's this weird unseen enemy that we're trying to defeat and understand. Now God answers Job out of the storm and a storm is representative of Job's condition 
in our world today. We are in, we might say, in the storm of storms. Some of you have obviously seen worse times than this. I don't want to, you know, uh, say, I don't want to overdo it per se, but our world is hemorrhaging. Our world is hurting. A lot of people are asking some deep questions. And Job, uh, we could say this for sure, Job is in the storm of all storms in his life. I began to do a concordance search on storm and tempest. And in rapid fire, I want to share some of what this represents in Scripture. And it does represent judgment. Here's what it says in rapid fire. Amos 1, 13 and 14. Thus says the Lord, For three transgressions of the sons of Ammon, and for four I will not revoke its punishment, because they ripped open the pregnant women of Gilead in order to enlarge their borders, Amos 1.14. So I will kindle, kindle a fire on the wall of Rabbah, and it will consume her citadels amid war cries and on the day of battle and a storm on the day of tempest. In Nahum 1, verses 2 through 7, Nahum says, a jealous and avenging God is the Lord. The Lord is avenging and wrathful. The Lord takes vengeance on his adversaries and he reserves wrath for his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power. And the Lord will by no means leave the guilty unpunished. In whirlwind and storm is his way, Nahum 1.3, and the clouds are the dust beneath his feet. It goes on to say this, the Lord, Nahum 1.7, is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who take refuge in him. We had the privilege of studying Psalm 91 together on this last Sunday. We looked at this idea of taking refuge in the Lord. This is a good time to repent and take refuge in the Lord. Job 30 verse 22 says, you lift me up uh, to the wind and cause me to ride as Job describes what he's going through. And I want you to turn in your Bible to Psalm 83. Psalm 83, and then we'll turn over to one more passage in Jeremiah. Psalm 83 is the psalmist is describing the Lord and how he judges with these metaphors of storm and tempest, says Psalm 83, verse 15. By the way, some people see Psalm 83 as a last day's psalm. He says, so pursue them, 83, 15, that is the wicked or the nations that come against Israel, with your tempest and terrify them with your storm. Fill their faces with dishonor, Psalm 83, 16. Notice, here's the reason that they may seek your name, O Lord. I want to turn you to one more. You're going to have to keep going to your right. You're going to pass up Isaiah, and you want to go to Jeremiah 23. The setting of Jeremiah 23 is that he had to give bad news to a nation that had gone astray. He described himself as the weeping prophet. Jeremiah was honest that there were times that he didn't want to preach God's message, but he couldn't hold it in. He had to share it. And in Jeremiah 23, verse 16, here's what the Lord of hosts says. Thus says the Lord of hosts, do not listen to the words of the prophets, 23, 16, who are prophesying to you. They are leading you into futility. They speak a vision of their own imagination, not from the mouth of the Lord. They keep saying to those who despise me, the Lord has said, you will have peace. And as for everyone who walks in the stubbornness of his own heart, they say calamity will not come upon you. They're making promises that they can't really keep. But who has stood 18 in the counsel of the Lord 
that he should see and hear his word? Who has given heed to his word and listened? Behold, here's the images again. The storm of the Lord has gone forth in wrath, even a whirling tempest. It will swirl down on the head of the wicked. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until he has performed and carried out the purposes of his heart. In the last days, you will clearly understand it. I did not send these prophets, but they ran. I did not speak to them, but they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel, then they would have announced my words to my people and would have turned them back from their evil way and from the evil of their deeds. I want to show you one more. It's a few pages back in Jeremiah 18. I do know this is not easy stuff, but this is something that we need to hear because we've been talking about repentance. And I want to give you something hopeful that I think is a general promise in Jeremiah 18. And here's what it is. And before I read this promise to you, I want to tell you about a conversation I heard between Jack Hibbs and Don Stewart. And this is going to be maybe considered a bit political, but here it is. As we are trying to push through this stimulus bill uh, in Congress, uh, the, the Democratic Party, led by Nancy Pelosi, was trying to get abortion stuff into that bill. And that was part of the holdup of the bill, as I understand it. Here we are, a nation that's hurting, needing to get funds to people who are being laid off and businesses and stuff. And we're trying to push abortion stuff into the bill to keep abortion going in America. And Jack shared this, and this is relevant. This was from Jack Hibbs, and it's very poignant. He said, you know, of all the sins that Israel committed against God, the, the one that God said stay in the land, the one that he held them most in uh, accountable for and was the harshest against was the taking of innocent human life and the sacrificing of their babies to the false god Molech. It stains the land. And here we are in America and we're talking about the need to repent and we're trying to push through trying to protect more abortions in a country that needs to turn back to God. Do you see the irony the problem? In Jeremiah 18, verses 7 through 11, Jeremiah says that, and he's, the Lord's speaking through him. The Lord says, at one moment I, may, I might speak concerning a nation or concerning a kingdom to uproot, to pull down, or to destroy it. Jeremiah 18, 8. If that nation against which I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent concerning the calamity I plan to bring on it. Or at another moment, I might speak concerning a nation or concerning a kingdom to build up or to plant it. If it does evil in my sight by not obeying my voice, then I will think better of the good with which I had promised to bless it. So now then, speak to the men of Judah and against the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, thus says the Lord, behold, I'm fashioning calamity against you and devising a plan against you. Here's the key. Oh, turn back each of you from his evil way and reform your ways and your deeds. And we know Second Chronicles 7, we've quoted it as you turn back to Job. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, if they will seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. Every time I bring a subject like this up, I, I want to tell you that we all have brokenness in our history. 
This is not to condemn anybody. This is not uh, to make anybody feel bad about their past, but this is just the reality. And God is a God who is so rich in loving kindness, so good, so patient. Yeah, we have to understand that the God that we read about in Jeremiah and Job is the same God that we read about in John and Ephesians. And yes, he has solved our biggest issues in the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we have to understand that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. This Sunday, we will be doing another 633 event. This time, it's live-streamed on our Living Truth YouTube channel. This event is focused on navigating the times, and you're invited to watch and participate. Pastor Michael Lance, Mike Massaro, and Director of the Truth Academy, Joe Kelly, will talk about this crazy time we're living in and how we as Christians can make a positive difference and find hope. And you will be able to ask questions anonymously in real time from the comfort of your home. If you couldn't attend our 633 events in the past, now you can. Remember, the 633 event, Navigating the Times, is this Sunday at 633 in the evening. Make sure you visit walkintruth.com and click on church to find our YouTube channel. That's walkintruth.com. Click on church. Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. And here we are in America, and we're talking about the need to repent, and we're trying to push through trying to protect more abortions in a country that needs to turn back to God. Do you see the irony, the problem? In Jeremiah 18, verses 7 through 11, Jeremiah says that, and he's, the Lord's speaking through him. The Lord says, at one moment I, may, I might speak concerning a nation or concerning a kingdom to uproot, to pull down, or to destroy it. Jeremiah 18, 8. If that nation against which I have spoken turns from its evil... I will relent concerning the calamity I plan to bring on it. Or at another moment, I might speak concerning a nation or concerning a kingdom to build up or to plant it. If it does evil in my sight by not obeying my voice, then I will think better of the good with which I had promised to bless it. So now then, speak to the men of Judah and against the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, thus says the Lord, behold, I'm fashioning calamity against you and devising a plan against you. Here's the key. Oh, turn back each of you from his evil way and reform your ways and your deeds. And we know Second Chronicles 7, we've quoted it as you turn back to Job. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, if they will seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. Every time I bring a subject like this up, I, I want to tell you that we all have brokenness in our history. This is not to condemn anybody. This is not uh, to make anybody feel bad about their past, but this is just the reality. And God is a God who is so rich in loving kindness, so good, so patient. Yeah, we have to understand that the God that we read about in Jeremiah and Job is the same God that we read about in John and Ephesians. And yes, he has solved our biggest issues in the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we have to understand that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
And so God says to Job in Job 40, verse 7, gird up your loins like a man. We might say it this way. It's time to, to pull up your socks, tighten your boots, gird up your loins like a man, and I will ask you and you instruct me. Now God's going to bring more questions to Job, this time not about his governing of the universe, if you will, or the world, but this time about his justice. And we need to listen to these questions. And here's what Job is going to be asked in verses 8 through 14. God is going to ask him, can you be the judge? Now, you've been making criticism and commentary against me and trying to come up with these answers. Can you judge the world? Look at it at verse 8. Will you really annul? The Hebrew word means will you break up, violate, frustrate, impugn? Nuances of the word mean impugn or discredit my judgment? Will you condemn me? Or accuse me of wrong that you may be justified? In verse 8, God accuses Job of seeking to put him on trial, saying that he's been unjust. And we know that this is certainly a, a phrase that comes up, a question, but it's more like a statement. How could a God of love fill in the blank? How could a God of love allow this? How could a God of love do this? But I mentioned earlier that God is also holy. And the God of the Bible says, I will be treated as holy. It's interesting in verse 8 because it says, God says to Job, are you questioning me that you may justify yourself? That, that's a hard pill to swallow, isn't it? But is that perhaps some of the times that the questions go up to heaven is because we're trying to do some self-justification? Job has impugned God's justice, says one writer. And it, it is this accusation that God addresses now. But he does it in what is to us a most surprising manner. He says, do you want to be the judge? Remember the song back in the day? It was done by Tears for Fears. And it's the song, Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Do you? Would you like to be ruling the world right now? Would you like to be running the universe right now? As I mentioned earlier, would you like to be president right now? Would you like to be walking in those shoes or dealing with those issues? Sometimes we imply that we could, and Job may have implied this, that we could do a better job running the universe than God. <laughs> you guys remember the, it was kind of a silly movie, but it was Bruce Almighty, right? And, and Bruce is questioning God's running of things. And so uh, God, you know, uh, obviously some of the movie is, we would consider it blasphemous the way God is depicted. But anyway, he, he gives Bruce the opportunity. He gives him some special powers and says, basically, I'm going on vacation. Go ahead and run things. Let's see how you do. And uh, Bruce, you know, he takes care of some personal vendettas. He gets back at some people. He hasn't really been taking care of much except for his own selfish desires. But fi finally, he, he's hearing prayer requests and he's got to answer the prayer requests of all these people that are coming in. And he hears the voices and the prayers in his head. And he says, man, these people are a bunch of whiners. And so he, he's got to get things organized. So he puts the prayer requests on computers and on a computer, and he finally decides that he's going to answer yes to all the prayer requests. And you might remember in the movie, this is pretty hilarious, but in the movie, all these people win the lottery because he just says yes to every prayer request. 
And then he finds out that the prayer requests that he's had to deal with, which are coming in in droves, are only the prayer requests in Buffalo. (laughs) Oh my goodness. He can't imagine how many prayers are going up to God. Could you run the universe, Job? You want the keys to this car? How much power do you think it takes to run the universe? How much power do you think it takes to keep everything in balance, the planets, and just think of our solar system and then just kind of try, if you can, to walk it out from there. Think of the size of some of the biggest stars that, that have been recorded so many times bigger than the earth and the sun. It's amazing. Our God is a powerful, consuming fire. And here's what's amazing. Now think about this. That God so loved you. He came into this world and died on a terrible death instrument to save you. The sun couldn't even look from 12 to 3. It went dark. As the the creator of the universe, uh, taking on human flesh, God with us, Emmanuel, died that we might live. See, this is the wonder of wonders. Do you have, verse 9, Job 40, an arm like God? His arm captures his strength in judgment and salvation. Can you thunder with a voice like his? What would you need to add to your portfolio to run the universe, my friend? Can you save yourself? Can you save the world? Do you have an arm like God? Do you have a voice like God, which is compared to thunder? Are you able to discern what's going on in the world? Can you tell the difference between the righteous and the unrighteous? Can you separate the wheat from the chaff? How how good are your skills with knowing, being a good judge of character? Can you see through every plot, understand every scheme? Do you know every heart? Jeremiah 17 says, The heart is deceitfully above, wicked above all things. Who can understand it? Do you know that the disciples didn't even know that Judas was the betrayer at the Last Supper during the Upper Room Discourse in John 13. Check it out later. Verses 21 and 22. They say, Lord, is it me? Is it me? They didn't even know that Judas was a phony. And Jesus said he was a devil from the beginning. See, we don't have even those discernment skills, let alone the power, even an ounce of the power it would take to run this universe, which we haven't even begun to tap into how big it is. You're listening to Repentance and Restoration Part 2 on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in Job Chapter 40. So, how's it been working from home? Or have you been out of work? Have you been alone during the coronavirus pandemic? This whole thing can bring worry, stress, and fear. Now, Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team would love to pray for you. So, tell us how we can. Just email us when you visit walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. You'll see a red banner at the top of the homepage. That's walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, for you parents out there, uh, this is Pastor Michael Lance, and uh, I have three boys, but they're grown up. But I will tell you that two of them still live at home, and uh, but they're older, and so those younger days of... Uh, doing stuff with the kids in a little different fashion is behind me. I'm looking forward to grandkids one day. But uh, in the meantime, for those of you who have younger kids, we have something available. 
It's the LT Kids Lunch Break. It's on our YouTube channel. And it's just kind of a fun uh, little study at a kid level done by our wonderful uh, children's ministry LT coordinator. And her name is Tanya. And she has, has some other help from Susie and others. And uh, we're just grateful that that ministry is out there. And you can avail yourself to it when you go to walkintruth.com. Click on the church tab, looking for something for the kids. Uh, this is directed at them. Look for that LT lunch break kids videos. And uh, hopefully that'll give you parents some spiritual stuff to focus on with your kids. Well, speaking of spiritual stuff to focus on, we have a special 633 event coming this Sunday night, live streamed. Everything's live streamed now for us, but it's going to start at 633 in the evening. This is a great opportunity for those of you who have been hearing about these events to participate. We're going to be talking about finding peace in this pandemic, navigating the novel coronavirus, and a lot of different uh, questions that go with that, including uh, questions that you can ask. Now, you can ask questions when you download our Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store. You can ask a question there. And we'll probably be taking questions as we live stream as well. And we'll try to get to those. But we'd love for you to be part of this. Tell a friend about it this coming Sunday night, 633 in the evening Pacific time. How how do we get peace in the pandemic? How do we navigate this novel coronavirus? That's coming up this Sunday night. So we'll see you here. God bless you. Thanks for praying for us and partnering with us. We'll talk to you soon. Come back tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job 40 called Repentance and Restoration. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to reach out with God's truth to encourage, teach, and bless you during a time of hardship. 